Here comes, Here comes the, the truth. truth. The truth. We must choose the truth above all things. You can't handle the truth. We must choose the truth above all things. Welcome to Truth Talk, where we have lively discussions to seek out the truth behind the latest social, political, and economic issues. It is worth noting that the expressions and opinions within the conversations on this podcast are just that, expressions and opinions. All conversations, whether an expression of inconvenient truths that you may not want to hear or an uncomfortable free exchange of ideas that you may agree with, each one is meant to elevate and educate. So if you do not like what's being said, then you don't have to participate. You do not have to listen. Let's move to the conversations. We must choose the truth above all things. Yes, and this is Truth Talk, and I'm your host, Greg Parker, the unfiltered conservative. All right, let's be real. This show is not going to be politically correct. So if you are easily offended or if you got a participation trophy for just showing up or if you get butt hurt because someone did not use your quote unquote preferred pronoun, which in my opinion is bullshit, this ain't the show for you. So you do not want to listen. You do not want to listen. Today's topic is free speech in light of today's SJW cancel culture and its implications on Hollywood. And I thought to myself, nobody better to speak on this topic than my friend, our special guest, none other than soap opera star Tracy Melchior. Now, you know her from such shows as One Life to Live, The Bold and the Beautiful, Criminal Minds. Let's welcome Tracy to the podcast. Welcome, Tracy. Hi, thanks for having me. Awesome. And thanks for for being here. Now, you know, I know that you've been in Hollywood for a long time. You know, I've, you know, you, we've yeah. seen Beverly Hills Cop 3 and, you know, your 17 <laughs> year run on Bold and the Beautiful. But why don't you tell the listeners about your career and what you want them to know? Well, I feel very blessed to have maintained a career. Um, you know, it's hard to have a long career in Hollywood. Um and I'm proud of that. You know, as I've aged, I've still been able to get jobs here and there and still work and also have a family and a home life and all of those things. So I feel very blessed. Um, I do know that those sort of values and um, my beliefs have definitely affected my career. I know that I could be a lot more successful um, without <laughs> right. those sort of things. Um but I'm okay with that because my definition of success, now my star ranking on IMDb. So I'm okay with that. But, you know, of course, there's a lot of things that I wish I was able to do or that I wasn't, um, you know, yeah. excluded from. Right. I can understand that. Also, tell us about what you've done. I want to, I want to know what you've done. Oh, well, you know what, my, um, I guess, well, I'll go back to the beginning. I started doing mostly commercials, did a ton of commercials, like Old Spice, no Nike, Coca-Cola, all of them. Um, did I say Toyota? I can't remember. I did Toyota <laughs> you did. That's great. But I did quite a bit of commercials and then I got, um, an agent that had a theatrical division that started going out theatrically. And then there was a guy who did just did soap operas. Cause back in the day, there were like nine soap operas at the time. And he tried to get me to go out on soaps. And I was like, Oh, I'm like a highly trained actor. Cause I was in a very well-respected acting school called the Larry Moss studio. And I thought soap operas were, you know, mm. not for me. All right. 
And I was like, you know what? Wait a minute. It's kind of a normal job in LA. What's wrong with that? (laughs) So I went out and I ended up falling in love with being on soap operas. It is like the best gig, I think, because it's sort of, you know, you go to the same place. You're not shooting out of town. You're not auditioning all the time. And I really enjoyed it. And I had a really nice career um, on several soap operas. Um, Aaron Spelling's first soap opera, Sunset Beach. Um, and then that was canceled, unfortunately. And then I went on to The Bold and the Beautiful, where I was on, off and on all those years. I actually left for a while and went and did, played Kelly Kramer on One Life to Live. And I came back to the bold and the beautiful and um, been, you know, like I said, off and on there. But I've also been able to do quite a a few movie roles. One you mentioned, Beverly Hills Cop 3, um, but also one with Mira Servino and Sybil Shepard called Do You Believe? Faith-based film. And then um, what else? Oh, we talked about Criminal Minds. I'm in the last season of Criminal Minds, which is coming up starting in January. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> yes, Criminal Minds, yeah, I like that show. <laughs> yeah, it's ending, but I, I I mean, I don't want to, you know, say I'm making it end. <laughs> <laughs> I came on and, no, I, I got hired after it was decided it was ending, I have to say. But, um, and then I did a nice run on a series called Games People Play on BET that was produced by Tracy Edmonds, which was a, a lot of fun on um, doing that show as well. So been good. So it's pretty much safe to say, you know, Hollywood, you've been in Hollywood, you, you really, you know, people, you know exactly what's going on down there in Hollywood. It's safe to say that. I've had my foot in the door. Yes, some <laughs> <of them. laughs> well, you know, if we look at the current talk, you know, all Americans can see that there is an overwhelming leftist bent in Hollywood. I mean, that's, that's pretty obvious. But you as a conservative, what are some of the things that you've seen to stifle your free speech and others' free speech? Well, I will give you my best example of that. Now, a friend of mine who was also on The Bold and the Beautiful with me, her name's Kimberlyn Brown. And Kimberlyn is a business owner. Um, She is an avocado farmer. And she got really fired up about some um, policies that were going on with NAFTA and what have you. And she decided to get involved politically and she was doing some like women's networking groups. And somehow she ended up speaking at the RNC in 2000, whatever that was when was it 16. Um, And so I tweeted a little tweet to my friend Kimberlyn and like, I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, whether it's the DNC or the RNC, I mean, someone you know is speaking on that stage. I would have sent it to whoever. And so I sent her a tweet and I just said, congratulations, speak at the RNC. It's amazing. Something like that. Oh my gosh. I never, ever imagined the response. I was called racist. I was called homophobic. Wow. Um, There were, they were tagging Bold and the Beautiful about what an awful person they employ. What? Really? <laughs> was, wow. Yes. Wow. It was bizarre. But I have another example. Okay, go ahead. Can I do another one? Yes, please. So this is, these are my two big examples where it's like, uh, it, it makes you scared to like even the smallest thing. So on Facebook, I have quite a few, you know, people in the industry, friends that I've met, whether it's, you know, casting directors or, you know, magazine, you know, right. soap magazine journalists, what have you. Right. And um, 
back when the Michael Brown thing was going on and there's a lot of, the, you know, animosity towards law enforcement. Well, I'm married to a police officer and, you know, I've got this luxury of when this stuff's going on of, you know, watching the news and elbowing him and saying, what the heck? Right. What, were they what are they thinking? Right. Bad, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm watching the news thinking I'm, I'm not happy with that. And he's like, all right, let me break it down. Let me show it. You know, and I had that luxury. And so I would, there were a couple things and somebody had posted something during that time. And it was honestly, they had posted like an article from like three years prior. Wow. And so I just, all I stated on there was like, hey, there's enough to be upset about right with what's going on right now. Do we really want to add fuel to the fire? This was settled. That officer was fired. Here's what happened. And all of a sudden, this guy went off on me. No. About, yes, completely off on me. Um, about, I don't know, I'm stupid. I don't know anything about the Constitution. (laughs) It was bizarre. It like went like, I'm like, wait, I thought we were talking about this. And, and it was all of a sudden all over the map. I wish I would have screenshotted the stuff because it was bizarre. So I private messaged him mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, I didn't mean to totally upset you. I said, I don't know if you know, but this is personal for me. My dad and my husband, both are police officers. And I just felt like, you know, cooler heads could maybe prevail if we weren't like fueling fire unnecessarily. And then he just went off. And um, later that day... I had, I look at my tweets and there's a tweet from him that says, Hey, Tracy, I just got off the phone with your agent and got permission to print all of our comments. Oh, come on. Really? And I'll be surprised if they still represent you. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) My goodness. Oh my gosh. Yes. See now, (laughs) now I'm, uh, cause I'm wondering now you're married. I know you're married to a cop. So I'm thinking, okay, did did he, you know, was he interested in responding in that point and from that point or really kind of saying, okay, guy, you stepped over the line? My husband? Yeah, yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> no. He, he's a cool head there because <laughs> I, I probably would have been like, oh, hold up. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well, if he had physically threatened yeah. me um, or what have you, but he knows, like, he's more likely to have to pull me back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, please, yeah, relax. Don't, you know, my husband's like, He's not your, I don't know what your stereotypical opinion of police are, but some might think that he would be hot-headed, but he's really not at all. I actually called my agent and I'm like, hey, I just got this weird tweet. Did you guys get a call? And they're like, that was the weirdest thing. And I'm like, are we good? And they're like, yeah, we're good. Of course. Wow. So he. That was really that, weird. Yeah. That was. And, and, go no, ahead. no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. I want to be bold. I want to be, you know, on fire and fearless and, you know, unabashedly ashamed of who I am and what I believe. And, but I'm human and that stuff really does like, that affected me for a long time. Yeah. That is, that is really, really bizarre. I mean, the fact that they would, you know, he would try to intimidate you like that and, and really, you know, try to get you fired from just saying what you believe in. And, yeah. And he's a journalist. Yes. This guy was a journalist from a magazine. I'll even give you the name of it. I don't care anymore. I'm tired of protecting people <laughs> are like that. But it's like unbelievable. I just could not believe he went to that. That That is unhinged. That is really unhinged. I mean, really. That's um, scary. Yeah. And now what do you think about some of the examples, especially with the Roseanne Barr? You know, she was she did a tweet 
whether it was jokingly or not. And she's forced to either apologize or she gets kicked off her show, you know, and I think it was um, the gentleman who was was it Saturday Night Live picked him up and all of a sudden he made things he talked a joke he made 10 years ago. And now he's you know, they decided, no, no, we're not going to pick you up. You're you're too toxic or whatever. And then Kevin Servo was blacklisted because he was a conservative uh, a Christian conservative. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on those? those guys and those incidents? Well, here's the thing. We, you know, I I believe in a free country and I think you should get to work with who you want to work with or whatever, but you shouldn't fire people who already have a job with you that you're already working with and they're doing their job and you don't have a problem with how they're doing their job. If they're not breaking a law or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's gotten out of control. And I, I know from like, that's, I don't, tweet that much. I try not to put too much on social media. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I'm, it's scary because what happens is, and what I, and, and I felt this way my whole life before this, it's like, I've felt misunderstood in a lot of situations. And, you know, it's hard when people don't really know your heart, you know how like you can kind of flub up something with a friend yeah. and they're like, and you're like, later that day, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, I hope that didn't come out wrong. Mean that or, yeah. I thought their kid was, <laughs> was a jerk. I was just, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, I've, I've had friends call me or I've called friends and been like, Hey, you know, when I said that thing about Johnny, I, you know, I meant this, not that, right. It didn't come and, you know, you clear it up and they're like, oh my gosh, I know you. Right. I would have never thought that with you. Right. That's the, the best feeling in the world. Mm. But sadly, people don't care. They want to act like. Nope. I know everything about your entire life, your heart, your black soul, because you used that verb. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. It kind of reminds me like when I used to, um, I used to serve in our church and I used to do a lot of the little skits and stuff. Like I would help our programming team and we would do little skits. And, um, I remember I had to cast actors for, you know, my little skits that we would use right. and stuff. And I remember I was like, okay, I'm going to use so-and-so and so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, well, I don't think blah, blah, blah has gone through um, 101, 201. Because you had to go through these things to be able to serve in the church. You had to, like, go through these classes. Oh, okay, okay. And I'm like, oh, why is that? And they're like, well, because we need to make sure that we know their heart. And I'm like, Pfft. Dude, if you think going through this classes means you know someone's heart, <laughs> I'm like, that's sweet. But do we really? Bless his know. heart. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. So I don't know. I mean, it's all confusing. That's all I know. <laughs> well, all righty. Well, thank you so far for talking to us. You've been a great guest. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to start into get a little bit deeper. Okay. All right. And we are back. Real talk, let's get a little bit deeper here with Tracy Melchior. I wrote a book called Conservative Essays for the Modern Era. And in that book, I go on to explain how people really want to be safe from harm. And, you know, we've got this SJW culture that now wants to equate words with physical harm or physical violence. And in some cases, they want to claim words are rape or want people jailed for actually saying something that they don't like. And, you know, I believe this Marxist political correctness and the person's desire to not want to be harmed um, has stifled free speech. And you you tell me what your thoughts are on that. Everything is so complex. And here's why. Because it's like, okay, we're taught 
that, you know, the, the tongue can be a sword, right? The tongue is the sword. Right. So yes, right. words can have impact, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I get that. But I'm going to say, if I'm walking outside with you and one of us is going to hurl words and one of us is going to hurl a sledgehammer, I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> right? I don't know. I'm thinking... <laughs> Which one's going to hurt worse, right? <laughs> going to hurt worse. Which one do you want to be armed with? I don't know. (laughs) I'm thinking I want the sledgehammer. So when it comes down to it, yeah, words can be hurtful. Absolutely. And should we curb our tongue and should we be thoughtful in what we're saying? Absolutely. As a Christian, do I like a lot of swearing around? Do I want my kids to swear? No. I mean, I want them to, you know, there's certain things I want them to say. Am I, you know, limiting their free speech, I guess, perhaps (laughs) in a sense. But there's this thing called free will too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you don't like how someone uses words or what they say or what that informs you about who they are, then you're free to just separate yourself from that. Exactly. But you don't have to give, you know, tell them like, can I go around and tell people I don't like the F word so you're not allowed to use it? You know how many people are going to tell me to F off? Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, I, that's not for me to decide for them. I'm not a big fan. Do I stub my toe and does it slip out now and then? Sure, whatever. But it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really, it's it's about tolerance. You you know, you you don't want that. You don't do that. You don't want that. But, you know, if other people do it, you say, look, that's your own. That's the tolerance. But they believe that they're morally superior than us. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you know, it's created a, a power imbalance. Conservatives are stifled while the left claims the moral high ground and saying, okay, I'm morally superior to you, so you have to do what I tell you to do. And that is it, nothing else. And I think that is really authoritarian in its in its nature. Your thoughts? Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, my thing too is like monsters live in the dark. And if you are telling people to hide and squash and not be who they are and express themselves, which is what I thought the left was all about, and that's why I don't understand. It was like free expression and be who you are and, you know, born <laughs> right. this way. And I mean, I'm sorry, I was born this way. I'm mm-hmm. boring. I'm a nerd. I'm conservative. <laughs> I can't help it. I can't help it. <laughs> um, but it's like, why not know who people are? So you, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, I think there's something very dangerous in having people not sharing that. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, one, it's like a pressure thing for them where they're not able to be who they are. It's sad. But also then, you know, like, oh, you know what? Tracy doesn't think this, you know, F word's fun. So we're going to, when we're sitting around and doing all our efforts, we're going to, you know, come over here instead. Right. You know, that's fine. Right. I, I don't know. It's, you're, no, you're right. Sticks it, and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me is what I was told. That's what we grew up on. That's what we grew up on. You know, we grew up on that. And so you, we get to the point where, hey, I'm words don't hurt me. You know, I've gotten to the point where you can say what you want. I'm a grown man. I'm going to still do what I need to do. Period. This is this is my life and I'm going to still do it. Not only do they believe they're morally superior to us, but they believe they have a moral obligation to stop us from speaking. I mean, we see it with Antifa. They physically get violent with conservatives to stop them from speaking. And of course, Antifa is a is the violent arm of the Democrat Party. But, you know, there's interviews with them that says we have to stop these Nazis from speaking. And we're the Nazis, although 
you sit back and want to claim the moral high ground and claim you are morally superior to us, that's what the Nazis did to the Jews. They wanted to claim that they were morally superior than anybody else, and so they wanted to exterminate them. And I think we've gotten down to that point where Antifa and liberals really just want to exterminate us conservatives and wipe out really wipe out what we believe in totally. Well, your thoughts on that, your your thoughts on that. Well, it is scary. And, you know, that's, that's where I was saying before, it's like, wait, so my words are going to be met with an Antifa physical violence, you know? And the sad thing is, is it's working because is it worth my health and safety and my family? And do I want to be a target? And, And I find myself, editing myself. I find myself, you know, like, um, scared to defend things that I see when, you know, like little things, little things like a friend of mine posted about the welfare, um, changes for the food stamps or something that was recently passed. Right. Right. They're cracking down on that. Oh yeah. Now I, I read about it and my understanding that it wouldn't apply to people with dependents, so children. Yet I'm seeing all over the place my friends posting that Trump's taking food out of the mouths of children right before Christmas. Jeez. And I'm just like, I thought I read that it didn't apply. And Mm -hmm. I want to correct them because I feel like, you know, they're just like, oh, my God, just when I thought I couldn't hate more, these people are sick, these people are awful. Yeah. But then, then I have to ask myself, well, when when is enough enough? Because, you know, being a black conservative, I've definitely heard that because the first thing I thought of when I heard that the people who are able to work, you got to get up and go to work now. There's no more freeloading. But of course, then you go, like you said, you go into that mm-hmm. that aspect where they say, well, he's taking the food out of the mouth of babes and all this. Stuff. And really, they're just lying. They, they outright lie to achieve their agenda. And I think, is it incumbent upon us to say it? Like, you, like you're saying, is it incumbent on us to tell them when we will face ridicule and sometimes violence to, to speak up? So I think we get into the future talk now because, you know, Edmund Burke said the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And I guess the thought now comes is, do we stand up? What can we do to stand up and fight against this? Now, for you in Hollywood... You're right. It's, there's there's a loss of livelihood that probably can can come from this. Your thoughts on what can we do to make this to make this better for us? Well, I think for me, I, I hear a lot of. First off, I see a lot of conservatives doing back in the same fashion what they're ridiculing being done. So I see a lot of attacking. I see a lot of name calling. I see a lot of um, the things that we don't like. We're we're getting baited into it right? and losing our moral high ground on some things. I think first off, we have to remember that and don't get baited into it. Try and stick to just like the fact, like when I kept going back to with that guy, well, it was just, it was an article that was old, you know, and just don't let them steer you off down these tangents and these fights. Try and stick to the very first like thing. Cause every time you try and hold a lot of times when I get into these, discussions with people they're they go off and then it's into name calling and stuff and we fall into it we we, we go down that i see a conservatives do it all the time and i'm like don't <laughs> <laughs> right you just played their game mm-hmm. by their rules 
Um, so that would be my first advice. Advice. Um, but I had another good advice, and then I can't remember what it was. <laughs> oh, um, oh, I know what it was. Okay. Um, one of my favorite things I'm trying to live by is light a candle, don't curse the darkness. And mm. I think the more we can applaud what we like, promote what we love, um, cheer for what we like instead of booing what we hate. I think if we can rise the volume and feed that instead of trying to take down, you know, it's kind of like instead of a boycott, a boycott, you know, where it's okay. like, okay, okay. well, I'm going like to buy that. more from, <laughs> I like that. let's all go buy from mm-hmm. this guy. Mm-hmm. It's not about boycotting that one. It's negative. It just has such a negative connotation. But if you're like, I don't know, if you hear about an, an organization or a company that's out there, because this is where conservatives drive me crazy is we don't do that as much. There's so many organizations that are funding things that conservatives are against and conservatives are voting with their second dollar like mm. crazy. Mm. Okay. We, we are funding corporations mm-hmm. that are donating to things that are against our belief. And That's we're true. not even thinking twice about Very it. Very true. Very true. There's no How many conservatives have been like, I can't stand Starbucks. I'll take a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then they're down their mind. Come on, calf. preach. <laughs> yes. Right? Yep, yep. How many are buying Black Rifle Coffee? How mm-hmm. many are going to another local, just mom and pop, small business mm-hmm. owner coffee shop instead? Mm-hmm. We're not. We don't. Yep. We're all talk. Yep. On a side know? note, I'm trying to get Black Rifle Coffee on the show. But anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. On a side okay. note. <laughs> but no, you're right. If, <laughs> you, you are absolutely right. If we buy from those... Or, you know, like you said, not a not a boycott, but a boycott and go to see yeah. the Christian films that that are really out there and those th- things like that. You know, I think one of your friends oh. produced a Christian film, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Thank you for saying that. That is one of my I am so tired of going on social media and hearing conservatives complain about Hollywood, 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 all they do. Well, you know what? There's a couple of us out here trying to light a candle in the darkness, trying to plant seeds. You know, trying to fight yep. a good fight, yep. trying to fund. We're trying to fund films that you're complaining there aren't enough of, and you don't donate to them. Come on. You don't buy them. You don't – there's no support. But they're going to go out and watch, you know, pagan values, things with no spiritual redemptive value, and make it, you know, how much did Frozen make? I mean, right. $138 million or something right. the first yeah. weekend. <laughs> yeah. insane. Yep. Not that that's a pagan film. God, right. no, that's not what I'm saying. But you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. we're doing that, but it's really hard to get any of these quality, good stories, you know, supported. Well, if we look at that from a political perspective, too, everybody says, well, I, you know, I hate this congressman and all that, but they don't donate to the to the up and comer who, who actually shares their values. They rather, for some reason, vote back in the same corrupt person as in there instead of actually supporting somebody new that, has, that carries their values and donating to them. So I think that's that's important twofold. So it could work politically well, as well as in the private sector. Exactly. And unfortunately, it goes back to like what I was saying, like we're buying, you know, products from companies that are, you know, like I said, supporting maybe you're against Planned Parenthood and it's supporting that you're still, you know, buying all your, um, I don't know, I can't name an example, but you know what I mean? Like a lot of these companies that you don't realize you're going and buying this every day or something consumable product to use in your house. 
And a portion of every time you buy that is going towards even candidates, like you said. So if you start thinking about who, where your, you know, dollars going a little bit, which will make you crazy if you overdo this right. and overthink it, of right. course, yeah. to an extent, though. But as far as um, politics and money, what frustrates me is the unions mm, are donating. Yeah, yeah. And so you're donating to campaigns that are totally against what you believe I mean, in by giving to by, these unions. By force. Mm-hmm, by force. My money is going to things I don't support and I have no say. Mm, good. I and like it happens a lot. You're right. You are absolutely right. I am sorry to cut you off, but we're running out of time. So when we get back, we're going to wrap things up with Tracy. She has okay. been fantastic. We're going to wrap things up as soon as we get back. Alrighty, and we are back with Tracy Melchior. You know what? She has been fantastic. You have been the greatest guest in the world on my first ever podcast. So I just want to say thank you. You have been awesome, girlfriend. You've been awesome. Of course, you're a friend of mine and a business partner, so I already know you, but you have been great. You've been fantastic. My brother says hi, by the way. And I want to first, <laughs> let's first, let me let you give your final thoughts. Well, One of the things I have learned, and it's really helpful, and I think it's a really great response when somebody gets upset about something, they're only words unless they're true. Mm. And I think if you think about that, like, wait, why are you upset about that? Because it's true? Mm -hmm. And if it's true, then it's just true. I mean, and if you don't like that truth, then try and change that truth. But don't get it's it's. Don't get mad at the messenger, you know? Yeah. Otherwise, they're only words, and they don't hurt. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Tracy Melchior, for joining us on the first ever Truth Talk podcast. And we're going to have you back because I know you've got some other stuff going on, some other projects. We're going to have you back so you can talk about those. Thanks for joining in on discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for my final rant. History, while unpleasant as it may be, is still history nonetheless. Today, social justice warriors, their allies in the media, academia, and the political elite want history written in pencil so they can quickly erase and rewrite the narrative to suit their agenda of today. This revisionist history is clearly seen in the thrust to substitute historical monuments with newer social justice warrior heroes and rewrite truth with controversy, myth, and relativism. Common sense, critical thinking, and facts are all now inconvenient nuances hampering the pursuit of a socialistic collective agenda. We have all witnessed and watched our political leaders, academic elite, and the compliant media outright lie to us to shape a narrative. Civil discourse and the dissemination of facts have given way to pandering to the lowest common denominator. Words like tolerance has been redefined and altered to mean any blanket acceptance of anything, no matter how unpleasant, unpalatable, or dishonest. Those who challenge this dishonesty, who invoke facts and factual data, who display reason and critical thinking are mocked, humiliated, silenced in the public square and on campuses. 
These tactics are merely tools of totalitarianism used to create and maintain an ignorant society. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a war and there's a war upon us. There's a war upon the truth and the battle is for the hearts and minds of future generations. Now is the time to have courage to stand resolute in the face of this ignorance. And that's my two cents.